Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast and our monumental episode number 40. My name is John and I am joined by Ryan. Hey everybody, here at the Game Deflators podcast we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and I gotta believe it's the Inflation Deflation Challenge, folks. Dude, I, I'm still in shock by how much I hated that game, but by how much I loved it. It God, man, I can't believe I, I just now started playing this thing. Yeah, well, you know, we'll get into that later on the, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll tell everybody if they believe what we believe about this game. That is true, sir, and we'll get into that in the uh, last leg of our episode today. Uh, so, let's go ahead and uh, talk about some recent pickups. Do you have anything, man? Uh, so, I have not picked up any new games this week, once again. <laughs> You know, sadly enough, the only new games I've picked up have been on PlayStation Plus, and uh, that was the July releases from a good while back, and I honestly can't even remember which ones they were for July. Do you? Uh, they were wildly disappointing, which is why I didn't even bother. I, oh, it was Detroit Becoming Human. That's oh, what no, I did pick that up then. Okay, no, so... No, it's the next month. No, there was like a change. They they had announced some ones that everybody was not jazzed about. Yeah, it was like uh, Winning Eleven Soccer, I think. Something, yeah. Which, honestly, I would have been okay with. Like, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'll play soccer. Like, I love sports games, so I'll play a sports game with no I issue. I never would have touched it. Oh, dude, I would have played the hell out of that, actually. Um, but Detroit Become Human, that is my recent pickup this week. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll count that the same, although I think I got it last week, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you can count that this week. We, we can't go behind. Yeah, 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 never mind. So nothing. Yeah, I'm still nothing. Not Still a... nothing. But what we can say is that Ryan screwed up last week, and he, in fact, did have a pickup. This is true. Well, right. last week we talked about our tiny PlayStations. Oh, yeah, but, dude, we picked those up two weeks before. Man, we are behind. That or we're just epi 40 episodes in, and we have no idea where where time is or yeah, what Yeah, time is it. lost in our 40th episode. Well, uh, that being said, uh, so you didn't pick up anything. Uh, except last week. I picked up Detroit Becoming Human. I think the new uh, August games are already out. I don't even know what they are. i got to look into it. Uh, so I'll count that next week if I don't pick anything there up. There we go. That's well, what I need to do. Once a month, I'll at least have those free pickups. There's usually about three games yeah. that come out during well, the year. Well, they cut so just, off the Vita. Well, yeah, but... I it mean, used to be I got PS3 games, Vita games, PS4 games. I think they great. cut off PS3 as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so it, usually they release about three games on a monthly basis. So what you need to do is pick up one game one week, the next week pick up the next game, and then you can have a new pickup every week. There we go. Be there great. we go. That's smart, John. Actually, dude, so um, on Twitter, on the Twitter, uh, you know, our favorite social media. Of our Hit us whole up on Twitter, folks. Find us at Game Deflators. Yes, at Game Deflators, not yeah, the Game Deflators. Yeah, there was no deflators. the. Although available. it shows up as the. So there was actually one person that brought up a good point. Uh, he was like, hey, what happens if... You know, everything just hits the fan and Sony's like, hey, we're done with the PlayStation store and we're going to wipe all downloads. Like, what happens to all your digital downloads? Well, that's people talk about that all the time, especially people who are really interested in preservation of online content and uh, being able to play games. I know it's a big contradictory thing that people have with Stadia. They're like, well, I want to try Stadia, but I don't want my hands to be in a company that's already killed off so many supports for online projects so is it worth investing your money in and i see this argument all the time and i don't buy into it because i think that there's nothing really wrong with doing digital games i mean you could lose all of your stuff in a fire so 
you know, it's it is nice to have that physical media that you're always sure is going to be there. But I'm not as concerned. You know, I know people have tons of stuff in their Steam libraries and they're not worried about that. You know, it's just one of those things that doesn't concern me. It doesn't concern me either. I think I'm up to 1,800 games now, which for a lot of people, that's like a drop in the bucket. Some of the collectors I've seen, but I don't know. I think it's kind of nice. It's a healthy so, It's a healthy collection. It is. I can play a game a day for um, a very long time, five years. So which games have you been playing a day this last week? Uh, so we are now at the end of Donkey Kong Country 3. There you go. Uh, my wife and I are on the path to 103%. So uh, right now we're sitting about 70%. We're in the last area. We did just go through the bonus area and get, I don't know, I think we beat four levels out of the, I think it's six in that area. So we're on the quest to find the giant banana bird. I think it's the queen banana bird. So played that, and I did play a little more Sukaden 2. I'm kind of debating at this point. Like, I know what the ending is going to be, like the good ending versus the bad ending. Spoiler alert for people. Do you care? Ryan? Uh, not so much. I mean, you're going to talk about this game I won't talk in about its the, entirety once you're done with it anyways. Yeah, I won't talk about the exact person, but there is a character that dies if you uh, do not get all of the 106 different characters. Um, so that's kind of the thing. It's like it's a key character. So um, I'm along the lines of I already know this character could potentially die, but then they could potentially live. So it's like, do I just kind of blaze through it at this point because it's taking so long to you know go through the the overall like process of a strategy guide and trying to find every single character? Um, or do I just play it through and then watch a video of the final cut scene? Well, how much more, how much more do you need? Uh, I'm probably honestly 50% through the game in terms of overall characters. Um, based on the guide I've been following on IGN, it's like, I think I'm at like 56 out of 106. How far through the actual game content are you? I mean, I would imagine it's about the same, about 50%. Okay. Yeah, so I'm 21 hours in. Um, if I wasn't following a strategy guide, I'd probably honestly be able to beat this game about 35 hours. So I'm thinking based on the track I'm at right now, it'll be about 41 to 42 uh, hours of gameplay. But, I mean, overall, it's it's been a great game so far. I've definitely enjoyed it. I'm happy it was my new, new game's resolution uh, for this year. And uh, we'll see how it continues. So I mean, the story's been great so far. So, yeah. yeah, it's been pretty good. So, speaking of new games resolution, I finally dipped my toes a little bit further into mine. No, I've not beaten Zone of the Enders Fist of Mars for GBA. Yes, I did start playing Zone of the Enders for PS3, and it's fucking awesome. It's so good. I I think that I went back and played this game last. My last memory uh, save in there is from 2013, which would have been around the time I got it. And I played it just for a little bit. And it's way better than I remember. And still right off the back of playing through more of Fist of Mars, I see a lot of parallels in the characters. And I'm trying to piece together some more of the story. And I think that it's it's going to come together more as a whole once I played all three games. I think that they'll all be related in a way that I'll be able to pick up on the universe that they were trying to build for this franchise and i think that that'll be really worthwhile i'm hoping can, i ran into well, one problem i was gonna ask though can you remind me on that is the uh xenogears and the gba is that like a prequel to the entire like series or is that like an, a side story like how I does don't that play know. out i haven't looked up where it falls chronologically 
but from what I can tell is they seem to be somewhat related in content. I'm not exactly sure because in in the Fist of Mars for GBA, your character is on a ship heading to Mars carrying an orbital frame and then the ship is attacked. Now, in Zone of the Enders 1, you start off on a colony that is under attack, and your job is to try to get the frame that you're in to the surface of Mars through a ship. Now, the ship name is different than the ship in the GBA, but they also mention that there's two orbital frames on the station that there are the targets of the enemy, and the name of the second game is the second runner. So I'm assuming that maybe that story and this story parallel, or maybe the second runner is the OF from the handheld game. I'm just not sure. Gotcha. I was actually going to, so I was looking it up while you were mentioning that. Did I say Xenogears a moment ago? Well, I didn't even, if you did, I totally went right by it. Yeah. It's funny because I was like, yeah, so we have our live studio audience. So, um. Yeah, I totally just said Xenogears. I was Googling. I'm like, Xenogears, chronological order. I've always order. wanted like, to check out Xenogears. Yeah, so I, was I, trying have. To, I was trying to look it up here really quick, and um, now it's it's going to be out of context. So we yeah. got to continue on. We the, will try and figure out the chronological order on Google next week. Yeah, my biggest problem with the game was actually the hardware. My PS3 controller is suffering from this problem where I'm getting just random button inputs, and it makes it impossible to try to play this game because... As you go from city to city in the game doing the missions, certain missions have like a survivor count and you want to try to keep as many survivors alive and you want to try to damage the colony as least as you can because if you shoot a building or run into a building or an enemy hits a building, it'll blow up and cause more damage to the colony and you get rated on your performance. So trying to make sure that I actually am hitting the buttons I'm hitting and not launching enemies into buildings or blasting people that I'm trying to save is actually uh, worthwhile to do. So I need to fix my controller before I can really go back to it. So I was uh, kind of curious um, and Googled Zone of the Enders. And as I was doing it, it had a 3DS version. Uh, it looks like, I mean, I'd have to dig a little deeper into it, but it looks like maybe they were going to release on 3DS and it was canceled. I have no idea. I haven't heard of that. I don't know. I hadn't either. It was just one. I was trying to find a chronological order since you were still talking. And it, yeah, uh, I'll try to put some more. You know, when we actually get to the time where we've both finished these games, I think we should probably do. You know, an episode really highlighting a lot of our thoughts about it and stuff. So I'll do some extra research before then, and I'll have you know answers to all these questions and more. And some really badass custom artwork would be pretty sweet, Ryan, for that oh, particular yeah. episode. You know, it, it definitely would be, John. It definitely would be. Yeah, you know, if only we had somebody that could create that custom artwork, that'd be great. I, I may be in talks with somebody. I may be. We'll see. Well, uh, that being said, let's get into our news for the week. Everybody's eager to hear all of the... Uh, the frequent things going on in the gaming world. So Nintendo Switch, or Nintendo in general, and their craziness. Uh, we have a little article here by AK Roming uh, from Nintendo Enthusiast, and this one is about the Switch Lite pretty much revitalizing the handheld industry. In my opinion, I don't think it's dead, the handheld industry. I mean, the 3DS sold a ton of consoles over the last, what, like eight years? that's been out well especially all the different iterations of it oh yeah i mean you had the uh the ds initially 
the DS Lite, then the DS, whatever DSi. the hell, DSi that came out without the GBA function, uh, followed up by the 3DS, then the 3DS XL, and then the 2DS, 2DS. and then... Another, Is there a 2DS like, XL? I, I have no idea, man. There's so many damn handheld consoles by Nintendo. Um, dude, handheld's been like their market. So in terms of revitalizing, I think it's kind of a, a stupid terminology to say, are they revitalizing a market? Like The handheld market is contingent on Nintendo's success with handhelds. Well, PSP, I think that you could argue that it's revitalizing the market in a, you know, giving it that next level. Like, as good as the 3DS was and, you know, it had some great games on it, it's only able to do so much and now that the switch is the new nintendo portable i think that maybe revitalizing in the sense of to your point it was kind of at the the plateau and this is they hit their hardware cap yeah so now this is kind of revitalizing and raising the bar I, i can get on with that yeah i think that uh the idea of having an all portable switch which we've talked about a little bit before and you know, I, I know that we're not the only ones out there that aren't super crazy about it, but I respect the idea. I think that people who just want it for portability, I think that that is, you know, it's up to them if they're wanting to save that extra 50 bucks so they don't plug it into the dock or, you know, do multiplayer easy on it. You know, it's very restricted, but some people work within that restriction. And even more than that, I'm excited to see what happens when the majority of people are all playing the same console. Because there's been a divide between people who home console, people who portable console. You may not be able to plug it into your TV, but you can still play together. So it's really going to expand the pool of connectability between the people who have portable consoles and people who have home consoles. Now we're all the same under Switch. Yeah, that that definitely makes a lot of sense, dude. I guess where I was kind of getting hung up with it, though, is, you know, it really isn't necessarily, you know, to my point, a revitalization of the handheld market. And it, it really is Nintendo, to your point, lifting the bar, not necessarily, hey, the market, you know, is losing interest in handheld consoles. I mean, the, the 3DS and every single iteration of that console is proof that it isn't going down. If anything, um, you know, the PSP and the Vita would be, you know, causes for concern. If, if those were the premier items on the handheld market and then the Switch came out, I would call it a full revitalization of the market. But this is just pretty much like we're ra- we're going to next-gen on handheld. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, I guess going into all of these iterations of um, the 3DS, the... Most recent article that you pulled up today was by Steve Dent of, what is that, Engadget? Yeah, Engadget. Yeah. And so this is a short article, and they spend a lot of time in the article mostly addressing uh, new tech for the new Switch Lite. So this talks about... um, Nintendo wanting to extend the life cycle and make sure that, you know, the Switch runs for a long time. I mean, the DS family ran forever, and so they're going for that again. So in the article, they talk about uh, new displays uh, that they want to put in with higher quality screen resolution, you know, uh, more densely packed with pixels, uh, better battery life off of better screens as well, 
you know, there's definitely new technology we talked about before. They're going to update the chipset in the Switch. And I think that the Switch Lite, while it's just a limited version of the Switch, and we are going to get better and more modern versions of the standard Switch as well, I would like to see how this really extends out because I'm super happy with my Switch. I'm not going to get the one with the new chipset. I'm not going to get the Switch Lite. But five years down the road from now, you know, if they're on like Gen 2 or Gen 3 of a new Switch or a new model of Switch or, you know, they put that little uh, second analog on the 3DS XL, you know, I feel like there's lots of room for Nintendo to incrementally iterate which they've always done in their handheld markets and maybe down the line it would be worth an upgrade to a more modern version of the console but until then i'm not behind a generation i'm just behind a model or two and it feels way better to still be play able to play all the current stuff and not being gatekeeped out gatekeeped out of that just because i don't have the latest well, it makes me wonder how Nintendo is going to progress uh, with their consoles going forward. Is it going to be this like continuation of we're going to pop in a new chipset, we're going to add a new screen, we're going to add better battery life? That's what you I'm know, seeing. All these things. Like, are they going to continue doing that as like PS5 comes out and Xbox, whatever the hell they're going to call it, this go around, um, comes out as well? You know, where where's their mindset? Because it doesn't sound like Nintendo is going for next gen. It sounds like, you know, and based on what we've seen and what you're describing, that Nintendo is going to go into like a Switch Lite as a DS Lite, a Switch I, a Switch XL, like which well, would be a pro. There's there's infinite possibilities. I mean, let's not forget cardboard, man. Like, we could take so much cardboard, and we could literally turn the Switch into anything we want. Like, when when are we going to get that cardboard Gundam that you put your Switch into? And then just, like, control the entire cardboard box? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, I'm stoked. We need to get, like, racing games and make a little soapbox out of cardboard. It'll be great. Exactly. Dude, I mean, the Switch Labo, has infinite the cardboard Labo, possibilities. Labo's the greatest invention ever in that it's just a, a pure moneymaker for Nintendo in that they just got recycled cardboard pressed it down, put Nintendo labels on it, and tried to sell it to the general public. I don't even think I've seen one in the last few weeks at the store. Well, and I don't think that Labo works with the Switch Lite because you have to use the Joy-Cons and pull them out and put them into certain areas. Uh, see, folks, another game that we can't play on our Switch Lite. Mm -hmm. I can't play 1-2 Switch, and I can't play uh, Mario Party, and, well, I guess I, I might be able to in certain cases, and I can't play with a Labo. I cannot make a piano with that switch nope. it's just not gonna happen nope, i'm no so piano. you know what nintendo i i'm not buying it just because of that alone <laughs> um but to the point of all those different consoles that have come out are we gonna you think we'll see like nintendo switch Lite with the stupid purple milky way galaxy cover and like an nes version of it and an snes well, version those are just cosmetics i mean we've already gotten several of those and we we're already getting our second pokemon one uh, i know so are we going to continue seeing that so i mean when it comes through are we going to continue seeing all these different console colors along with different upgrades just say oh look we released an orange version of the nintendo switch Lite, and oh yeah it's got like a new battery that has 30 extra minutes like, I, I guess that's really what Nintendo's future is looking like from well, what we're viewing. You got to think about people who aren't 
in the Switch, that's who they're going to go for for the future. Is like, okay, we've reiterated, it's got to be a loud enough announcement to get the attention of people who already don't know it and already haven't gotten it, or it's got to be good enough to be worth the upgrade because otherwise you're only counting on people who just have to have the latest thing every time. And those people are always going to be there. That's not really who they're marketing for. So I think it'll just, you know, this is their first step. This is the first one we've seen. And we've been talking about this forever because everybody knew that this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it back in like... It was the worst kept secret ever. Oh, I know. Like We talked about a a Switch handheld in December. And remember, I said I would eat crow with whoever the hell that writer was that that brought it up. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was right. They were going to release a handheld. And I still stand by my statement. If the handheld was to come out, it is the just dumbest decision that Nintendo could have made. Well, we'll see where it goes and we'll see what happens from here. You know, like I said, market, you know, put an earmark on it. We'll wait a couple years. We'll see how many other upgrades or versions they've decided to try to go with because if they're going to stretch this switch out to last another seven years for a console generation we'll see we'll see some pretty interesting stuff nintendo doesn't let their hardware sit that long without changing it yeah i really can't wait to see their q4 earnings uh you know for nintendo and then obviously their uh, year o- or their you know annual results um for everything so uh yeah, that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Sony, I think, will do pretty well towards the end of the year. Uh, Nintendo, I'm, I'm questioning it. They had a lot of success with the Switch, but bringing in a new handheld slash next-gen type of console, it'll be really interesting to see how the market takes it in general. And, you know, that's another thing that I I don't want to get too into it because it's literally me talking about something I don't know about. But I feel like we always talk about nintendo and we always talk about sony neither of us are xbox people anyways but i just don't really hear a lot of xbox stuff so next week let's go ahead and check out what's going on on xbox and see where they're at right now because i haven't really heard much about scarlet probably because i haven't been looking at it but i'd like to see what xbox is really cooking up well, with their next gen do, do you want to know why you're not hearing much on xbox from really anybody because nobody really plays xbox uh, nobody really buys it so if you look at uh, i mean i'm global... not saying people don't play xbox lots of people play xbox i don't play xbox well yeah now here, here's the thing if you look at global sales so far uh nintendo switch is sitting at 36 million although i think it had it came out a year after ps5 and xbox one right ps5 isn't out and I mean, PS4, no, it sorry, came PS4. out way after yeah so a year or two after the fact way after i i don't know don't don't well, listen no, to johnny I, doesn't know what he's talking no, about no no i know what i'm talking about because i'm looking at the global sales right now so the playstation 4 not 5 uh is sitting at about 98.2 million consoles sold globally xbox one is sitting at 44 million yeah so i mean well not well over but you know definitely under half the amount of you know, or over half the amount of consoles sold. Yeah. So in terms of, and also when you look at their games that they have, half the games are or probably 95% of the games you could play on a PC through Steam, or you can play it on, you know, they have a lot of multi-platform games you can play on PS4. They so, don't have killer exclusives. No, they definitely don't. And They've the ones got that they, Gears and Halo. Yeah, and you can play Halo on PC. For years, they talked about not releasing Halo on the PC, mm-hmm. and they did it anyways. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be a console exclusive. So really... Microsoft in this last generation has shot themselves in the foot by 
trying to make this Xbox One this like all-in-one console, but yet throwing all of their titles onto the PC and then having so many multi-platform games that you can play on a PS4, why buy an Xbox One? Like, I can use a Steam library to buy my Xbox games and still enjoy a PS4. And in fact, I could play all of those games with a PS4 controller. Yeah. So like, there's no reason to even own an Xbox at that point. Well, we'll look into. We'll find some Xbox news next week. And you know what? Next week, maybe we'll even play an Xbox game. You know, uh, seeing as we could not play, uh, what is it? Jet Grind Radio. Yeah. Maybe we play it on the Xbox. Oh, Jet Set Radio Future. Yeah. yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah, we had a poll for the inflation deflation challenge this week. Thank you to all 20 people who showed up and voted. We appreciate that. That includes me, by the way. If you guys are out there, let us know if you have ideas for stuff that you want us to play. We'll definitely throw you know, some polls out there every once in a while if we're juggling a couple ideas. I know we're just hot off the back of Spider Month, so that's... Uh, this week we decided between Jet Grind Radio for the Sega Dreamcast, which I never owned or really played, or... Parappa the Rapper for PS1. I do want to interrupt you, though, because we got one more article to talk about here, Ryan. Oh, yeah, that's right. So anybody listening to Ryan right now, he doesn't know anything. Don't listen to him. All right. So the last article we had is from Alex Coe of, dude, where did you, mpfirst.com? Mpfirst.com. Where did you, where is this from? I pulled it off of N4G. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it was hot. Interesting. All right, hot topic. Hot uh, topic, folks. So um, there is some... Um, New uh, new laws, I guess, that they're looking to put into place uh, where companies will need to put down the odds of Well, this uh, was boxes. a decision from the games industry. So this article talks about uh, how Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony have agreed that they are going to make publishers post the odds of their loot boxes in-game. Now, this is something that... Other countries like uh, China and some other Asian countries have made online games post, like especially mobile gacha games and PC games, post the actual odds of you obtaining certain things to make it a more see-through system. Because if anybody's ever fallen for gacha stuff, you know that you'll get that rush of like, oh yeah, I got a big good five-star character and then it's like how many times until you get another one well here's a good comparison for you on loot boxes i was thinking about in terms of odds right the lottery has odds like you know the odds up front i have a one in whatever million chance of winning the lottery uh with scratch offs you have a one in like 500 chance of winning x amount yeah. of, like of even just winning a ticket yeah let alone the grand prize so there's odds displayed on on lottery tickets so why are we not displaying odds well, on loot boxes and that's where this came from so this was uh an inside game talk by the federal trade commission and uh, the ESC, ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, so they talked about how they're going to require them to display these odds because it's it's gambling, basically. So now the self-regulation is hopefully going to start taking some effect. Um, people have been talking about this for years. You know, it's come to the point where legal action has been taken and certain countries uh, where they're just not standing for it anymore and they're recognizing it for exactly what it is. And they try to smooth over a lot. It's not a long article, but some of the quotes 
that they have in here. Uh, who is this that they're quoting in here? Um, let me see. This was Chief Counsel of Tech Policy, Michael Vornick. Uh, I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, so, let's see. During and inside the game talk by the FTC, the ESA's Chief Counsel of Tech Policy, Michael Warnick, discloses big name hardware makers, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, have agreed to require the odds of earning items in loot boxes, blah, blah. And then he goes on and he has this big, long quote. Now, at the end of the quote, this is the part that I don't like that they try to smooth over. He said, I don't think as an industry uh, needs to step up into the parental role, though, um, because some of these people are not children. Some of these people are our age. They're spending $1,000 on a game that they love, and they spend this as their way of relaxing after a hard day's work. Now, I think it's bullshit that you should be saying that anybody should be spending thousands of dollars on loot boxes as a way to relax after work. Like if somebody's willing to spend thousands of dollars as a way to relax after work, that person probably has a problem with their spending habits that you shouldn't be trying to entertain with your $60 game. Like a free to play game is a game where you're expected to have this low barrier of entry and anything you give to the company is some level of appreciation unless they've duped you into like he says he doesn't even talk about people spending a little bit here he directly says people who spend thousands of dollars that's the people that they want to take advantage of and prey on well, here's the thing i i enjoy going to a casino and spending thousands upon thousands of dollars just to relax after work and you know if i lose it it's you know it's relaxing it's uh well you know it's th therapeutic that's the thing. for me at a casino you can actually gain something you're I not, mean, I can gain something. No, I'm they, getting my costumes. They say in the game that those have no actual monetary value. You're, you're just spending money. You're not really gambling because you can't win. There's I mean, no I'm, way to really win. I'm winning with that brand new T-shirt I could put on my Fortnite character. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a, a really crappy point on, on his end because age means nothing. Because if somebody's mental health is beyond, you know, and they're spending thousands of dollars... I mean, really, all he's done is enforced what we're talking about. It needs to be displayed, and there needs to be something done on these loot boxes. Well, and I'm interested to see, because this says that this isn't to be implemented until they're 20, targeted at 2020. 2020, yeah. But I know that they just released the microtransaction marketplace for Crash Team Racing Nitro Edition that had just come out, the remake for Crash Team Racing. So now that they released the game... There's no record of the loot boxes or the microtransaction store up front because they released the game to be received and reviewed without that, and then they smuggled it in later. So all of the boxes that say this game contains microtransactions, none of that stuff is even in effect. So even though the industry is doing a good step here in moving forward and saying, hey, we're going to impose our own regulations, making it so that you have to disclose this information. Well, if they decide not to invest it until later, you know, or other things like um, Rocket League just announced that they're going to be removing their loot boxes from their game. That makes me want to play Rocket League now. That's actually one I've wanted to get into. Well, it's 
you know, you can see different people in the industry going one way or going the other way. And, you know, I think some people have a good idea of exactly where they want to be on this side of the argument and other people just want to keep making money. And I think that ultimately, you know, the people who see this trend going poorly now and get away from it are going to be remembered better in the long run than the people who are still trying to nickel and dime and gouge you even after you spend your $60. Exactly. And I mean, you know my stance on it. Uh, overall, I do not spend on any loot boxes. I don't do any in-game type of transactions. It drives me absolutely up a wall that it's even included. And I'm so happy I have PlayStation 1 games and SNES games because then I don't have to worry about it. Well, let me give you an example, John. So if you were playing a game and you were having a really hard time and every time that you tried to make a cake, it just, it, you couldn't get the timing right. A seafood cake, potentially. A seafood cake. And eventually an angry chicken laid an egg and yelled at you. Like if you could spend a dollar to retry again from that point. Instead of starting all over, would you spend that dollar? You know, it actually reminds me of this time I tried to get this license, and there was a dog that was telling me to press, you know, on the gas and boom, 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 and bam, 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 and I don't remember the rest of it. Um, I, I might, no, I don't think I'd spend a dollar. I'd just keep trying. Not even to impress a flower? No, you know what? If that, if impressing that flower got me in a, in a nasty accident in which my pops went ahead and said I needed to pay off his car because it still had 59 months left on uh, payments. Well, John, I, you I can might. always go to the flea market. You're good at flipping games. That That is true. I could go to the flea market and maybe talk to a pimp chameleon. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, we are talking about Power Rap of a Rapper on PlayStation 1. Yeah, so we uh, we had our poll. Jet Grind Radio was, uh, was up there, and we tried to get it to work, and it didn't work, so we switched to Parappa the Rapper. Hey, it, no, it was 50-50 on the poll. 50-50, sir. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we tried to do jet, jet Grind. It loaded up. It was working. Ryan is cursed with technology. Uh, it didn't work for a while. I threatened it with a PS1 game. It started to work, and then it froze again when it realized I was just balking. Yep. So uh, I do need to get my Jet Grind uh, radio fixed. Uh, that being said, we did play an awesome rap game and by awesome i mean it was probably the most frustrating game i've ever played but at the same time i loved it so much it's endearing so yeah parappa the rapper uh developed by nana onsha which is a company that i've never heard of i've never played any of their games published by sony computer entertainment and directed by masaya matsura uh it was a PS1 game originally released in Japan in December 96, came out here in the U.S. almost a year later, September 97. Now, surprisingly enough, the reception on this, this game scored like a 90% on the PS1 version. All of the ports are like a 60. Some people gave it a little bit more, but I can definitely see this is, uh, this game's got a lot of heart and you got to believe to really get into this game. No, Ryan, I need you to say it right. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. Oh, dude. So, oh. Uh, let's see. So, the game came out on PSP as well, and I think this is the most expensive version, and it's on play it's on PlayStation 4? That's not... That's the cheapest version, John. No. Well, I know. It's the cheapest version. They released it on PS4, though? Is it yeah. digital? Um... 
I mean, not if there's a complete inbox. Dude, I need to buy this on PS4. Maybe it'll have better controls. No, it doesn't. I just told you, John, the ports are all rated worse. The PS1 is the best rated version of this game. It's impossible, Ryan. It's on the PlayStation 4. It has to be better. It, it's true. <laughs> Don't break my hopes. I know. Well, so the game was very i've seen a lot of content about this game it didn't seem like john really knew a whole lot about it i've seen uh, i came in very i came in very on fresh this. on this actually yeah and it was uh it lived up to the hype that i've heard of the tunes are definitely catchy if not totally weird the art style is like some kind of crazy adult swim fever dream uh mixed with a little bit of uh happy tree friends in there and it's it's an interesting game the controls are really the biggest downside and i think well, anybody that's played the game will know that that's the case i wouldn't say it's the control so much as it is the the reaction in the game for those controls because i felt very comfortable hitting them but what was well, an yeah issue? you push buttons in every game because yeah. that's how the controller works but no, the dude. game and the inputs that disconnect that's the controls i get what you're saying no i mean no because there could be games where like this the actual joysticks like you're looking up and it just goes to the right or something like stupid controls like that is what i'm talking about this game to your point is just an input lag type situation that's the key issue that's not control wise well when the game is a rhythm game and the rhythm inputs aren't working I That's think the control. I think you're just disappointed that every time that the driver told you to turn right, you were turning left. And when you're <laughs> pressing the gas, yes. And when you're pressing the gas, you're supposed to. You're hit over here hitting the brakes. And when she's saying, "Why'd you close the door?" You're going, "Yum yum yum, you close the door." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, dude. The controls, the actual layout, the way the buttons function, everything was fine. It was just a matter of. What are you talking about? The button layout. You had the controller. You weren't rearranging the buttons, John. You were pushing control yeah. on the controller, and it wasn't doing it in the timing that you were trying to do. The timing, the rhythm. Timing. That's the key word, dude. Timing was bad. Controls were fine. Like, I felt comfortable playing the game. Like, hitting the buttons and knowing what I had to press was not an issue. It was the actual timing component. That's not controls. Yeah, it is. That's literally the controls. Let's the ask game. the audience. We've got a, a no, live no, party no, member. No, no, no. We're moving on. We're no, moving no, no, past no, no, this. No, no, no. You're just John, you're angry. That I'm John right. John doesn't understand controls. Danny, if I'm right, nod your head. John, do you think do you think this game gets a ninety? You know what? Is this a ninety percent? Is this an almost perfect game from what you played? So, if we were considering the timing, or in your mind, controls was a reflection of 10% of the quality of this game, then a 90 would be correct. I felt that the tunes were right on par. I enjoyed them. I felt the laughter from screwing up every single time and spinning a car out of control was fantastic. A chameleon pimp teaching me how to sell everything in a flea market, but not everything, was amazing. And my onion master at the very beginning, giving me the lessons of rap and rhythm, was just phenomenal. I would say... 90 is a good a good score on this game. Well, John speaks pretty highly about this, but let's see how his wallet speaks. So, John, the uh, Parappa the Rapper for PS1, complete inbox right now, it's going for 35 Now, that peaked at 58.41 back in April of 2017, and uh, it's gone down since then, but it's trending up right now. And then the loose version is uh what do we have loose loose we've got 2264 now that peaked out at uh 
45 bucks back in July of 2007. So that one's been all down since then, and it's trending down again right now. So, John, would you pay $35 for Parappa the Rapper complete in box? Depends. How many fresh tunes do I get in the game? I, I don't know. We didn't get that far. I don't know how far. many games or how many tunes are in the game. But you would would it be worth it? You know, there's a PS4 version out there floating at sixteen bucks. There's a PSP version floating at what six? And we have this version floating at thirty-five. I would say from the nostalgia perspective, and the fact that I own a complete in box, and just to go against you, I will say twenty-nine ninety-nine. Complete in box would be okay to pay. Loose, 15 If you find it for 15 bucks loose, grab it. If you find it complete for $29, you will get some fun out of it, for sure. Um, but there oh, there's is, six stages. There's six. Oh, dude, we almost beat the game. R- right? Oh, man, I didn't save. <sighs> John doesn't use memory cards I when do we use do memory this. cards, but not for inflation deflations. <laughs> if there's only six stages, I'm totally playing it this weekend. Okay, only six stages. I would say $29.99 is a little inflated. Uh, 25 bucks. Okay, so this almost perfect game isn't worth the almost $30. Hey, you know, sometimes things are inflated. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tend to agree on this one. I think that it was a fun game. It was a fun art style. It was really creative. But this is a game that I'm glad that John owns so that I don't have to because I think that anything over... uh, I don't know, man. I'd say anything over 20 bucks is probably a little too much to pay for this. On a complete in box side? I mean, they're saying the game's valued at 35, so I would say maybe 25. I'd knock 10 bucks off of that and say, you know, hey, if you can get, if you can buy this for a deal, get it. But I wouldn't pay what the market price is for this game right now. I think it's inflated. You know, we're devaluing my collection one game at a time. One game at a time. One game at a time. Uh, there's some games, I think, that we've done that have been... Well, and the market changes, like, that's the thing. You look at these charts that we check out on price charting, and, you know, it goes up and down, and, you know, sometimes it comes to go, but these are all just an aggregate of what people are actually paying for. It's an average. Some people are out there, and they're willing to pay more than 35, and some people are willing to pay less than 35, but the market says that betwixt all that, 35 bucks is about right. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you a good example of... um market fluctuations so conquerors live and reloaded or yeah live and reloaded that game was going for easily 50 60 bucks for a while i can double check but on the xbox i just sold a copy for 35 bucks complete because it's just not as appealing as it used to be and a game like this um i don't know why it's gone up as of late though trending upwards that that seems kind of i off. mean it's just trending up a little bit at the end it probably means that you know, let's somebody see. probably talked about it recently. And well, no, it's 35 right now. So that means that somebody probably paid 40 for it. So that ticked it up just a little bit. Like I said, it's an average of who's paying. So if you get in a bid war on eBay and you wind up spending three more dollars on it than you wanted to, that's going to affect the charting here. And it's going to take it up or down because what's it got for an average? It's got a uh, complete one sale per day, loose one sale per week. So... You know, it yeah. looks like it's being actively traded around pretty regularly. Yeah. No, it definitely does. It's a popular game. I mean, Parappa landed himself 
in that uh, Sony oh, Battle also, Royale game. Yeah, you know, I never did play him in that game. I played uh, as a Heavenly Sword character and Nathan Drake. Yeah, when I, I played mean, that. He's a he's a great iconic character. You know, lots of people know who Parappa the Rapper is. It was uh, it's a classic game for people that have played it you know even i recognize it as a classic even though i've never played it and i'm glad that i've had my time with it now but unlike john i don't think that i'm being to spend very much time with it anytime soon yeah honestly i god what was the other game i wanted to beat another game this weekend too oh wolf child but i might actually go back to that to power rapid rapper this weekend and and knock it out i mean six stages come on that's like when i was playing mr mosquito uh earlier last year like super fast game to beat and just kind of get through and be like i complete it so uh i might do that i might hook it up to a tube tv though i'm wondering if that was part of our issue was playing on a tube or on a flat screen versus a tube tv could be yeah well do you have any idea what you want to do next week co-op game uh no no next week we'll check out uh jet set radio okay so you, de- so you definitely want to do that yeah game. let's do that okay cool so yeah jet set radio next week on the xbox original xbox Yep. For anybody confused. Do I have it, though? We'll find out. Next week on the Game Deflators podcast. Uh, if we don't have it, then yeah, let's go ahead and play a co-op game. Are you looking for it right now? Yeah, I don't see it. Give me one second, folks. Give me one second. Ryan, you just keep talking. Tell a funny joke. God, that's a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know any good jokes off the top of my head. Well, just... And who would I tell it to? Well, anyways, hey, here's a funny joke. We we need your help. We've got loads of social media and nobody to laugh at all of John's memes. So, uh, you know, get out there. Check us out on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the Game Deflators. The Facebook and uh, the Twitter. The Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And YouTube. Find us anywhere. You know, you're obviously already listening to this. But if you know people that listen to other things, like if you listen on Google Play and you got a friend who's on Stitcher, tell them, hey, you know what? Game Deflators are on Stitcher. We you are got on a friend Stitcher who likes iHeartRadio, we're on there too. We're on iTunes. We're on everywhere that you want to listen to us. We're like we're like the Visa of podcasts. And we're a lot cheaper so that you can, you know, we're telling you how to invest your game money. That is very true, sir. And, so you can uh, make those Visa card payments. We are on a lot of podcast apps, but if you find one that we're not on, let us know, and uh, I will add us to it. We want to get three people listening to us on there also. Exactly. Uh, dude, I don't have a game on Xbox. Oh, no. So I think a co-op game next week. We'll figure it out. We'll announce something on our Facebook page. We'll get page. back to Jet Set Radio in the future. I will make an effort to clean that game so we can play it on a Dreamcast. I just need to go get it cleaned. All right. It's got some scratches. All right. Well, with that being said, in front of our live studio audience, my name is John, and I am joined by Ryan, and we are the The Game Game Deflators. Deflators.